Happy Thursday, Merry Christmas, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Die Hard Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, 13 groups of Movies by Minute podcasters talk about probably the greatest Christmas movie ever made, the 1988 John McTiernan-directed feature, Die Hard. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of the Airport Minute and the Rocketeer Minute. And I'm Hal Bryan of the Rocketeer Minute. And welcome to the party, pal. Yes. Well, that's a little bit to come, but yeah, we're we're welcome to the elevator. Uh, hey, hey, we only get one week. So I know, know, I know. Somebody else is going to get that cool stuff, but we do have. <laughs> this is a, a week featuring. A, well, uh, why it's not a G-rated movie? But, uh, <laughs> exactly. We get uh, indeed. It's it's uh, you know back in back in Boy Scouts, I remember orienteering and finding familiar places to make sure that you're not lost. But uh, <laughs> Mr. McLean has some interesting benchmarks. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't leave a trail of breadcrumbs uh, <laughs> per se. So. No, uh, so he's uh, he's he's back in the the, the room, uh, recognizing familiarity for those uh, not not familiar with uh, uh, minute forty nine. Uh, John McClane finds his way back to the same electrical panel that he had seen the uh, previous uh, naked blonde woman uh, tacked up on a on a. Uh, I don't know if that if that follows the uh, underwriter's laboratory code for where you should put paper. It, it's right on top right. of the. Uh, he has a, a picture of, uh, uh, of course, the very uh, famous model Pam Stein. I don't know how famous she is, but she was famous in November of 1987 because she was the uh, Playboy Playmate of the Month. Um, Ms. Stein was uh, 24 at the time, and uh, little did she know she'd be the star of a major motion picture. Although she probably had dreams, so there you have it. And Jimmy, I say I I applaud you for the the depth of research you've done to. <laughs> <laughs> to find her name and, yes. and, uh, and, and the and awkwardness the, uh, that, uh, yeah. that I know has ensued. Well, uh, type, ever since. yeah, type in who was the centerfold for uh, Die Hard, and you get a whole bunch of hits for uh, for Pam Stein. So I'll have to go back and uh, delete my history. But uh, it's uh, yeah. Uh, let's let's talk a little bit about Pam Stein. Not that she play, she has a speaking role in this, but uh, uh, Mr. McLean seems to notice her pretty well. Pam Stein, born uh, August thirteenth, the same as my daughter. Different career stuff. Uh, <laughs> Thank goodness for that. August thirteenth, nineteen sixty three. She's a uh, she's a play. Uh, you know, no, most well known as a Playboy model, and she was also an actress. She was born in Syracuse, and uh, was uh, chosen for uh, the November nineteen eighty seven uh, Playboy uh, Playmate of the Month, uh, and uh, twenty four at the time. She uh, she was picked out of a. She was in a previous pictorial for. Uh, Women of Florida from the August issue, so she rose right to the right to the top of the uh, uh, Playboy game, being in, a, in you know getting getting sta- staples through her midsection in uh, in November, and continuing um, a tradition that started with uh, Marilyn Monroe back in December yeah. of fifty three. So she's you know she's the right blonde in the right place at the right time, and uh, you have actually had interactions or been in the same room at least with her husband. So we might want to talk about the later <laughs> career. Of, of I, that sounds so head. scandalous, just as it is. It's like you know, and then her husband showed up. But yeah. no, that's not uh, that's not quite how that worked. So her uh, her husband, what did we say? He's rhythm guitarist and lead singer. Yes, for uh, for the band Cheap Trick, and uh, um, imagine Cheap Trick at the height of their popularity, and then jump ahead about fifteen years. <laughs> Oh, and you will find uh, you would have found them playing a, uh, a, a party at uh, for Microsoft. There, uh, um, and this was around the same time. Might even have been the same day, uh, but plus or minus a couple of years anyway. That uh, 
the comedian Sinbad, also several years after wow. the height of his popularity, <laughs> was the was sort of the host and MC of our annual uh, uh, annual employee meeting at uh, Safeco Field there in Seattle. But but the party itself was a much smaller affair, and uh, so there there we were with cheap trick and saying, well, I remember these guys. This is kind of cool. <laughs> uh, the opening act was a guy named uh, Surreal Neil, who uh, was the self-proclaimed world's greatest Neil Diamond impersonator. Wow. So, Top-notch entertainment yeah, there. So, so do with that what you will. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, that was, this was at a time when I was working for the richest company in the world, and, uh, and clearly there's a reason that they, they were able to stay that way for a while. They didn't, they didn't blow their entire budget on the band. So, wow. yes. although they did once give the Rolling Stones, Microsoft gave the Rolling Stones, I believe it was two million dollars uh, for the use of "Start Me Up" when they launched Windows ninety five, hmm. so. and that worked out quite well. So, yeah, um, it did indeed. But you did meet, uh, uh, well, at least you were in the same room with Robin Zander, and there, right. there he was, he was and... up fairly close. And you know, it, it's one of those. There's a level of celebrity that uh, you sort of think it would be cool to meet, but then you realize. What would we really have to talk about? That's like, hey, cool, you're in Cheap Trick, and you know I can name two, three, four of your songs, and I, uh, I, I enjoyed them to a reasonable degree a long time ago. Then you know where, where does the conversation go from there? Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. I, <laughs> thanks. Thanks for playing those, that music that was part of the sound bed of my life for maybe six to 18 months exactly. about a decade ago but you know it's it hey it's steady work i, I was at oh, just, absolutely just dating myself here i was at a lotus convention uh lotus notes convention oh, in sure. uh, D- disney world at the wide world of sports and uh their entertainment for the evening was the brian setzer orchestra which i dearly love i, I enjoy brian setzer's music oh absolutely and uh after here. after the after the uh, the concert was over uh, there was kind of like a, a giant, you know, razor wire fence between the, the talent and the and the and the, the, the schlubs who who code uh, <laughs> Lotus Notes for a living. Uh, but uh, they had a uh, they had their generic uh, uh, fireworks display where you know they they play some song that's it's all about you, it's all about you know that kind of a thing. And hooray for hooray for whatever your event is here. <laughs> uh, and so then they have fireworks overhead. So I was standing next to the next to the fence watching the fireworks, and and I looked over uh, next to me on the other side of the fence was uh, uh, Brian Setzer. <laughs> he was about like five feet away from me. I nodded at him. He nodded at me. He was taking a drag off of a cigarette and, and watching that, and uh, and watching the uh, the fireworks with his. Uh, Apparently his wife and kids just just parked out there on the lawn. They were and uh, from what I was understanding later from one of the event promoters, uh, he spends like three or four months there uh, doing a bunch of different uh, events that come through. And he just you know they're the they're the house band for a couple oh, wow. months. And it's if, for in terms of gig work that's pretty steady for a musician. So that is it's not impressive. a not a bad line of work. Mm-hmm. So I guess you know Cheap Trick found a, a second career there and yeah. I'm sure um Miss Z- Mrs. Zander is very happy. They've got uh, two kids. Uh they live in Safety Har- Harbor, Florida nowadays and I'm sure they they go on the road and and enjoy all the all the 50 somethings that want to hear hear some Cheap Trick live at maybe corporate events or weddings and bar mitzvahs, who knows. But uh it's you know it it is nice knowing and just just looking I didn't get a chance to give her a call. I don't <laughs> I think I'm I'm sure that someone with her uh, her uh, career path is probably very very uh 
tight controls on being contacted. So, but I just <laughs> one would it, think it's nice knowing that uh, Mrs. Xander has had a had a nice career and a nice life, and uh, apparently uh, just a wonderful uh, home life in uh, in Florida. So, thank. you. <laughs> And it's also nice to know that uh, I, I choose to believe that somewhere right now, Brian Setzer is recounting the story of how he once nodded at Jim O'Kane. <laughs> yes. You know, so through the fence. Oh, there was I Jim O'Kane it. over there. And then, so, yeah, he saw that famous internet meme. So. <laughs> exactly. Ah. The, the famous meme. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> on the uh, on the topic of uh, sort of random celebrity uh, encounters, I have a, I have a short and uh, a very bad story to tell, but it does involve another Microsoft party. And this was in Leipzig, Germany, in uh, I think it was two thousand six. Are you filling in? Are you filling in like a Mad Libs thing? Because like, I was at a market, <laughs> Leipzig, <laughs> Leipzig, Germany, <laughs> and I was wearing an onion on my belt, as was the <laughs> style of the time, <laughs> and it was a red onion. <laughs> no, this is not. Uh, this is not a Mad Libs thing, although my life could be construed as just an entire <laughs> string of Mad Libs, one after the other. Uh, but I was over there for this games uh, games convention, which I used to describe as E3 only big. Um, mm. wow. You would get uh, you would have this video games conference, and on the the first day that it was open to the public, it was sort of media only for the first three days. But then on Saturday, it was the first open to the public day. And they would see 250,000 people come through in, in one day. Holy smokes. Uh, which, which is actually more than we will have on our grounds here in Oshkosh for our big air show, which is as big of an event as just about anybody can imagine. So anyway, uh, long story short, uh, so I'm over there presenting. I'm working the Microsoft booth. And then I end up going to the Microsoft party, which was in a former Capitol building. So imagine a big, you know traditional Capitol building with a big dome and everything and then lots of balconies up inside and then lots of fog and lasers and live music and things and there was uh there was a rapper there and all of my younger friends mocked me because I can't remember his name Hmm. and we have done extensive research on and off over the years to try to figure out exactly who it was we've never come up with anything but it was somebody that whose name I recognized immediately so he was big enough that even I not Someone who's particularly into that that music, really anything after Run DMC is sort of noise to me. But I knew who he was, and he was a headliner. So I'm up on this balcony, I'm sipping a drink and stuff, just hanging out by myself. And uh, and then he shows up. So then he's standing there next to me, and is sort of the only two in this particular spot. And, and I'm panicking because he's walking around as if everybody knows who he is, and 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 they do. And and we're in this since I'm a Microsoft employee at the time, we're in this sort of VIP area. I I know we're going to have to have a conversation and I, I can't I don't want to insult the guy by saying you know I don't really know who you I mean I know your name but I don't really care that much about what you do because I'm a representative of Microsoft he's our guest he's our entertainment things like this you know finally there's a there's a little bit of a, a pause and some of the noise and he sort of glances over at me and gives me a polite little you know sup and all I could think to do was sort of shrug and then in german say i'm sorry i don't speak english since we were in germany wow so he uh he gave me a fist bump and walked off and that was that <laughs> so and that was my encounter with some unnamed well-known rap artist ah uh, wow <laughs> you have interesting defense mechanism <laughs> well, exactly. to german to german well we're in germany so that was logical you know, there was yes. a certain. You didn't tell him you were a jelly donut. It. That's good. Yeah, <laughs> hey, I was counting on him not speaking German. If he had come back in fluent German, that would have been it. You know, right, right. Been, yeah. 
all over. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Well, good. It tells well. Just, it, well, thank you. You, you got just, a you got a good story out of it, so that's good. I wish I, I wish I remember the name for sure. And like I said, I've had a lot of people come and present their case for who they think it probably was. None of them have ever sounded right. But oh, uh, oh it's, it's better. It's better as a mystery, almost. You know, yeah, it's that it's that box you don't want to unwrap. Exactly. But uh, speaking of uh, un- unpleasant German, it's, yeah. uh, <laughs> we uh, we watch. Uh, which dear, dear Mr. McLean uh, climbs through that tiny hatch that's three feet up in the air. I don't understand why, but I guess just if you need a catwalk and you want to jump through something, you're going to need a you're going to need a, a hole in the wall three feet off the ground. Right. Um, and, and then uh, you know, and up to that point, just backing up very quickly, the uh, what do you think about all the sort of the sideways fluorescent lights? They look pretty, don't they? They do. They they light the scene well, and they give us something. It just doesn't seem like that's the most sensible spot for fluorescent yeah. lighting is horizontally on the wall. Yeah, I think it it started when they started putting the uh, fluorescent lights in the in the initial scene where they were going into the parking garage, and there were a lot. There was a line of uh, fluorescent lights uh, laying across the floor along the you know where you pull in so it would be easy to run over a whole string of <laughs> fluorescent lights and it just it just went on from there uh I, and uh the fact they have no diffusers over them too I, and it, it, would you really use four foot fluorescent bulb that would be a lot to uh cover in uh in that kind of a, uh, an area i mean most of those places are just kind of little little square boxes to uh, uh to light up to light up the area but you know it's uh, Mr. McTiernan's uh, sense of the world of what uh, what unfinished works look like. Uh, there is that, and I'm assuming that that is that is a custom set that is not part of the uh, interior of the uh, Fox Tower. Right, that would uh, make uh, that would certainly make sense. Like even the shot, uh, on, you know, second thirty six or so, where we're in the elevator shaft looking up. Uh, we see McLean looking. Down, yeah, looking down. A, or do we see him looking down in this minute? Or is that not until next? Yeah, minute? no, it's it's there. I think we're about okay. like twenty seconds in. He takes a look over the side of the catwalk, and suddenly you see this incredibly well. I I don't think that elevator shafts need to be lit at all, but it doesn't really it, seem to be a yeah a great reason for it. Yeah, and but. the lights are hanging everywhere. They're just you right. know in the middle on the side. They seem to be just it's you could hold a conference on the roof of the uh, elevator. <laughs> um, but they're just uh, just a lot of a lot of lighting where where lighting doesn't need to be. Um, not not exactly uh, energy conscious in this uh, <laughs> in this particular building. Well, this was the decadent eighties, after yeah. all. Yeah, and uh, it's I guess they're anti crime lights, although it doesn't seem to be having much of an effect with these terrorists. Again, he's kind of he's in this one one of these no way out situations. He's got the 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 fellows coming in from above trying to uh, cut him off at the pass before he can get out of the. Uh, this is above the thirty fifth floor. This is all that. That HVAC ventilation uh, support facilities stuff that that hangs above the thirty-five story building. So he's kind of like on right. floor thirty-five and a half. So he, now, does he's that trying, mean he's going to catch a train to Hogwarts at this point? Yeah, I think a, I think he has to run at one of the walls. Oh, she does. So, he kind of just kind of he's trying to beat uh, Carl and uh, is it Franco? Yeah, Franco is uh, racing down yeah. with uh, with Carl to uh, see if they can get to the room that he's in already because he, he's trying to do the uh, the end run if, after yesterday's uh, f, uh event with the fan and he has that i do i i love that scene where he's knocking out the uh 
the mesh. He knocks out the mesh, and it falls into the it falls into the bottomless canyon right. of, uh, of the elevator shaft. I mean, it just goes on forever and ever and ever. Exactly. <laughs> Building up that R rating sideways, just swearing all over the place. Right. Trying to figure out how to get there. Um, I so, am. So, what do you suppose the purpose of the this mesh and this hole is? It's just it doesn't really seem like it's. It's like it's just one simple screen. Yeah, uh, it. I mean, is it to keep the burning newspapers in a you know incineration? <laughs> and it, yeah. it, it really doesn't serve a purpose. But I guess they didn't want anybody falling through. But it doesn't seem sure. enough to. It, it seems like something to stop you from continuing on. I mean, it's at the end of the catwalk. This, right. This is a catwalk to nowhere. So the the catwalk takes you over to a, a vent hole that goes to the other. That's the other elevator shaft. That doesn't right. seem now. This the catwalk that he's on ha- has an elevator below it, but the other one doesn't have a catwalk above that ventilation shaft. It, it, it's not. Yeah. It doesn't seem to be an elevator shaft. Right. Yeah. No. There's no cables or anything. So I think it is just just ventilation. Yeah. But so it just seems odd that you would just. I don't know this this whole mesh thing. It just seems flimsy. It just seems yeah sort of hasty, and it doesn't look like it would. You know, it doesn't sort of open or close or anything. It it uh, it just you know it, what it seems like. It seems like it's something that's there for Bruce Willis to knock out with his gun. Yeah, and it it doesn't match any of the other like those louvers that are below him in the on the other on the other floors. It right, just, it's in that one location, and uh, I'm assuming that's a gigantic vertical ventilation shaft. But I, I don't know of any kind of a flue that would be built in a building that would be 35 stories tall. Again, it's you know this is this is like the sea view on Voyage to the Bottom of the Sea. You, just, you need ventilation shafts that are sturdy and big, yes, and this is exactly. this is just the vertical version of that thing that he was or he will be in shortly. <laughs> uh, just uh, very very disappointing. So uh, while he's doing this, we get to the uh, the German part of the thing. I, I do not know German, and I know you've you've studied German and you've been in Germany and stuff. I, but. I have. I've dabbled in it, but I'm afraid it's it's not up to the the task of 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 saying exactly what's wrong other than knowing that uh, that what they used in a lot of the parts of this film was, was kind of pigeon German. I do know that in uh, when it was first released in Germany, I think it was just subtitled, at least at first, but the, the origin of the terrorists, they weren't German anymore. They were just from Europe, sort ah. of in general, so that when Germans would hear, you know, the native, the, uh, the, the German being spoken, they would, it would explain why yeah, they had actually... bad grammar and terrible yeah. accents and things. <laughs> Yes, they're they're speaking in like moose and squirrel type type German. Exactly. So, yes. uh, <laughs> the uh, the yes, the German team from Oslo. <laughs> yeah, it, and uh, I I know that the they are speaking here in German, and fortunately, with ha- having a script to to the diary, you can find out what they are saying. And Hans is telling uh, uh, Fritz, who's talking also to Carl. Um, Hans asks, "Did you catch him?" And then. Uh, Fritz responds, "No, he's he's trapped in the elevator shaft, but he's he's not. He's in the I don't know what how, what the German phrase for ventilation shaft is, but it's probably <laughs> it probably is ventilation shaft, but yeah. all is one word. All is one word. You know, ventilation shaft. <laughs> give ventilation shaft. Yes, yes, give ventilation uh, shaft with an umlaut over the yes. A. <laughs> so uh, he's uh, he, they're trying to figure out where he is, and of course, uh, Carl and Fritz now uh, finish the minute by uh, entering." Uh, Dear Miss Stein's uh, room. We we noticed that we unseen to us. Uh, McLean had carefully uh, locked the door. Either that, or, or it's a terrible continuity error. The uh, the doorway into the uh, catwalk is right. now closed as uh, as the the two of them enter. And you notice how Hans and Fritz uh, show you know much greater discipline. 
than McLean does. He doesn't stop to look at Miss Stein uh, or yes. even acknowledge her uh, acknowledge her presence. He's he is all business. Oh yeah, yeah. Carl, Carl is on a is on a mission. He has to kill the guy that killed his brother. Right. So it's. Uh... <laughs> I, I called him Hans again, didn't I? I do that all yeah. the time. Well, Hans, Hans, Hans is on the walkie. He's on the other end of the radio, yeah. and he's, and he's talking uh, to Fritz. So it's like he's, put, he's Alan Rickman for crying out loud. So yeah. he's he's, uh, he's always on your mind watching this yes. movie. And uh, and Carl Carl is uh, is Alexander Gudenov. So uh, it's kind of hard to remember all these uh, stereotypical German names. They, right. they didn't have anybody named Helmut. So it was, <laughs> that's <laughs> was surprising. Yeah. And why they had Marco and uh, Franco, it's just, I don't know. Should have had another guy named Polo. I would have enjoyed that banter. Let's see. That's about that's about this whole minute. There's this, there's really nothing more that goes on here. It's it mostly really just, it's cat and mouse. Or um, yes. I guess it is cat and mouse in German. Yes. Und mouse. Yes. Uh, so it, they're, they're, still, uh, they're still tracking him down. And apparently they're very close by. I mean, why, why Hans didn't, or now you got me doing it. Why Carl didn't. <laughs> Like Carl didn't just whip open the door and rat a tat tat right. on me. Yeah, it does make you wonder. And yeah. also, you're thinking about you know about John McClane here too. That uh, it's two on one, and you know you can't fault the guy for wanting to get away, get to you know not, not higher ground, but sort of safer territory or what have you. But uh, but you also think that you know you've got two bad guys coming. It's this, they're coming right into this bottleneck. He could also just sort of be there. And ready to start shooting. Although, is he out of, at this point? Uh, no, he just put no, in a full. Cl- he put, put in a put full in a clip, clip, didn't he? Maybe not the most sensible move, but uh, you know, his, his back is against. Well, it's not against the wall; it's against the absence of walls. And uh, yeah, no, you know, I think he could just be sort of sitting there, ready to shoot right back from where he came. And especially since they have to, you know, damage. They have to undo the uh, the, the latches. Right. Yeah, so he he'd have some warning that they were that they were coming that they were close, but uh, but yeah. hey, you know, you, you don't know, you don't second guess somebody's choices in a you know, in an extreme tactical yeah. situation like yeah, this. Yeah, and the movie would be 49 minutes long if that happened. Right. So it's, exactly. <laughs> I got you. Now I'm coming for you, Hans. Yeah. Goodbye. And yeah. I do mean Hans. Yeah, yes. So, yes, uh, I mean it this time. It would be just it would be an episode of moonlighting at that point. Yeah, exactly. So just, yeah. With commercial so. Yeah, with commercial yeah. breaks. So uh, let, let's just leave all these guys where they're where they're at, and uh, we'll say goodbye to Miss Stein. She did. She she played a small but vital role in this movie. So uh, she did. She did indeed. Yeah. And I, I like to think that she knows that. You know? Yeah. We were I talking think... uh, before we started that it's it's conceivable that in thirty plus years that nobody's ever told her that she was in this movie or that she didn't see it and didn't notice herself. But I I have to think she knows. Yeah, I think that's probably what comes up to her at every. Uh... They must have conventions yeah. for this kind of stuff where people can order. Like you have yeah. former playmate. Are they former playmates or are they? I think you're a playmate for life. It's you know like when you're a jet, you're a jet. You know that kind of yeah, thing. Uh, so when you, so. when you're a playmate, you know I, they, they they probably have some kind of like autograph sessions and things. Right. And you can sit there and say, hey, you know you were in Diary. Yes, I know I was in Diary. Yes, I'm aware yes, of that. Yes, I next. Know. <laughs> yes, so. you know when they and. Speaking of that, are there conventions for diehard fans? Uh, not yet, but who knows? <laughs> it may start here. We'll find out. It starts I'm sure here. It starts now. Somewhere, somewhere, somebody must be meeting about about this movie. But we are. And, we, we right. and what do you yeah. call a diehard fan? Are they a McClaniac or ooh? What? Uh, hmm. Hmm. Diehardigan? I don't know. Yeah. Now I have a convention. Ho ho. No. Uh, <laughs> exactly. Now ho, I have. Ho, a, ho. Now I have a con. There you go. Now, now I have a con. Ho ho ho. <laughs> oh. 
And then the big banners, welcome to the party, pal. Yes, exactly. Yes, and everybody throws, you know, everybody eats Twinkies and, it'll, yeah. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Okay. We'll, we'll discuss that on a future episode. I'm sure that. we will. But right now we've got to, we've got to let everybody go back to work or whatever you're doing listen, while you're listening to this. Get back on your uh, on your treadmills, and uh, we will pick this up at the end of the week here uh, tomorrow as uh, our particular group, Hal and me, uh, finish up uh, this this segment of uh, the Die Hard Minute. If you are enjoying this show and you like to hear more of us, we are out at a completely completed, is that right? Yeah, completely completed podcast called the Rocketeer Minute, where we talk to a bunch of famous people and and giggle and laugh at each other and try to think of other things to ask them. But uh, you can find all 109 beautiful minutes out there at uh, iTunes and Google Play. Just search for Rocketeer Minute. You can also find us at our big website, rocketeerminute.com, to catch up and binge to your heart's content. Uh, it, also, uh, for if you're enjoying this particular series, Die Hard, and I hope you are because you're 49 minutes into it, I can't imagine anybody jumping in at our section, but you never know. Uh, but you can listen to never underestimate the power of our own fan base, Jim. That's true. It's like a wave. <laughs> I, I can imagine all the all the view or view, listenerships jumping right now. Uh, but you can listen to all the other guys that do this uh, uh, stuff. Uh, all the other uh, twelve other groups are doing this uh, out there at our big site, Die Hard Minute. You can find Die Hard also on Facebook at uh, Die Hard with a Podcast Listeners Limo, where we sit and chat about how great all the all the hosts are. You can also find us on iTunes and Google. Just look for Die Hard Minute, and we're out there. Find us on Twitter also, Die Hard Minute, real easy to remember. Uh, join us here wherever you found us. Uh, come back there tomorrow and pick up another issue of uh, Minute uh, 50 as we follow the continually bad, uh, well, not bad choices, but the continually worse uh, straights for uh, uh, for Mr. McLean here on the Die Hard Minute. So until tomorrow, yippee-ki-yay, you um, nice folks. <laughs> Okay, we'll see you here tomorrow on the Die Hard Minute. Adios. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.